Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. On today's show... We're talking some Rich Cho memories, and he's got one more year to show what he can do. And Kimball Walker falls just short of a franchise record. We'll tell you which one. We talk more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. You are Locked on Hornets. You are Locked on Locked on, locked on Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Hornets fans, to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your best source of Charlotte's Hornets news and analysis in your podcast feed every day whenever you need it. I'm Doug Branson, joined today because we were overbooked yesterday, the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. That's current events. <laughs> overbooked, that's right, Doug. It's good to be back, my man. We are, we are getting there. We are going to make it to the finish, regardless of what happens. So we're here for. Well, yeah, that's right. We finished strong, despite the Hornets not finishing strong. We will finish strong because we've got player recaps coming up. We're going to talk about Rich Cho today, Kimball Walker tomorrow. So stick with us in the weeks to come uh, to relive. Maybe maybe you don't want to relive this season, but that's fine. But we will uh, <laughs> because it's, it's, you know, despite the, the record, I think it when you look at the long term, it's going to be an important season in terms of how this uh, the direction of this franchise in general uh, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day, head over to iTunes, search Locked On, and find podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, golf, fantasy sports. It's the fastest-growing podcast network in the world. Um, all right, let's start with the big news yesterday, David. Uh, Rich Cho, his option, 2017 and uh, 2018 option, picked up. This reported by ESPN's Mark Stein, in that we definitely for sure knew that he had an option to pick up. We knew that, David. <laughs> this totally. was this was expected, right? Well, I wasn't surprised by it um, necessarily that it happened. I was, like you said, <laughs> I was almost surprised to see it um, that it existed. But I, I, I don't. I think it would have been more shocking the other way to me, Doug, if they would have let him go. I, I know there's a lot of discontent among the fan base, perhaps. Just around, you know, the team in general, and I think Cho as the GM certainly gets a lot of that. Um, you know, that comes with the territory. But I don't think it was shocking. I mean, I, I, I thought it would have been a, like I said, an aggressive move the other way had they decided not to extend them. No, I totally agree with you there. I mean, it would have signaled a, you know, sea change in mm-hmm. in the entire direction of the franchise. And mm-hmm. you know, we saw them over the past two seasons really make. Um, you know, solid choices about who they wanted to ride in terms of Kimball Walker, Cody Zeller, you know, re-signing all of these players, you know, getting Nick Batum here on a long-term deal. I mean, that's that's a serious direction that you're taking your franchise and a lot of long-term contracts in there. So I think it would have been a very sort of typical weak franchise move to not let Rich Cho see out that vision. But on the other hand, 
Um, I, I would have been surprised also, David, by a full-on extension like we saw for Steve Clifford because th- mm. this offseason, this past offseason, was disappointing. I mean, some of those wagers that they made on guys like Roy Hibbert, and I think you could make arguments uh, for Marco Bellinelli as well and Ramon Sessions, they underwhelmed. So I think this was the, the exact move that I expected, and I would have been surprised if, if either of those other moves would have been made. Do you think it played into their thoughts that, hey, you know, the cap situation is not great? Um, either A, you know, Cho deserves a shot to kind of wiggle himself and the team out of it, or B, you know, who's going to want to come in here and take this over right now? Not that you couldn't get somebody to come and take an NBA, uh, you know, G- GM job, but it's not the prettiest situation right now. Well, no, I think I think that's a great point. I mean, you saw when Rich Cho came into this franchise back in 2011, he had to do a stripped-down job because you still had Stack Jack. Um, you still had uh, – the, they made that trade on draft. That was his first move. Let's take a trip down memory lane, David. I was going to say. I was going to say. All right, so let's go to 2011. June 23rd, 2011, the draft. Um, Rich Cho on the job selects Kimball Walker in with the ninth pick. He selects Tobias Harris with the 19th pick, a pick – that he traded to the New Orleans Hornets when he was a member of the Portland Trailblazers, who then traded it to the Bobcats the year before Rich Cho got to Charlotte. So he you got lost me. You all lost right. Me. <laughs> well, he gets a chance to trade this pick a second time because he trades it to Sacramento and eventually ends up with Bismack Biombo in this draft. And then he also uh, drafted Jeremy Tyler in the second round, but then traded that pick to the Golden State Warriors for cash. That's a sign of things to come. That was a signal. Um, So, yeah, he traded the Tobias Harris pick along with uh, Steven Jackson and Sean Livingston and got back not only Bismack Biombo, but the one, the only, Corey Maggette. Oh, boy. So you could see. I mean, he came in in 2011 and completely stripped away that team that had surprisingly – you know, made the playoffs and and took the franchise in a completely different direction. Um. All right, so I, I can run, I guess we should run down the trades, the drafts, and the signings. So obviously, David Rich Cho, known for being a, a trade master, we call him Trader Cho on the show, and others call him that as well. Um, he traded for Lord Byron Mullins. He right. swung Matt Carroll for Hakeem Warwick, and then swung Hakeem Warwick for Josh McRoberts. That was viewed kind of negatively at the time or like a question mark at the time and then ended up being a real boon for that team that eventually made yep. the playoffs with Al Jefferson. Um, uh, traded Ramon Sessions for Gary Neal in 2014. The traded, first of many, many Ramon Sessions <laughs> transactions. Yeah, Sessions and Neal uh, linked because Neal then traded for Mo Williams and Troy Daniels in 2015. And the Mo Williams had a significant impact on that particular season. And then the Troy Daniels acquisition that everyone assumed was sort of a a throw-in name uh, ends up being an impact player for last season's playoff team. I mean, his contributions in the the dead of winter uh, allowed this team to make their second-half run and get into the playoffs in the sixth Mm -hmm. seed. Um, So then then he traded Lance for Hawes. That was a. I mean, you got something for nothing at that time to get anything for Lance was a win. Okay, I mean, so that's if you, positive. If you think back, yeah, yeah. All right, he traded a pile of rocks for Jeremy Lamb. He traded a bigger pile of rocks for Nick Batum. 
also known yeah. as Gerald Henderson and Noah Vonley, which was and not- that was and that was a gamble at the time because as everyone knows, uh, they just signed Batum to that big contract last season, but that was far from guaranteed in many people's eyes even up to that offseason. I mean, the whole time he was here, it was talk that he may go to Toronto, that he may sign elsewhere, and they really did a good job that whole season having him here through training camp, the first go-around, all that season, and getting him into their culture. But, yeah, that was a dice roll. I mean, because you were trading away. And, again, you mentioned uh, Noah Vonley. That was the big sticking point for most people. Hey, you're giving up on this guy with, you know, uh, untapped potential. We don't know what he's going to be. Still a young guy, still growing. Uh, so, yeah, that was a big gamble for his show at the time. Uh, talk about big gamble. Remember the time that he put on a ski mask and broke into the Memphis Grizzlies front office and kidnapped Courtney Lee for nothing? So that's the big one that I think was amazing looking back on this, and that's the most recent one. You can trace all these you know, February trades back to – let's say they had one in 2016. They had one in 2015 with the Gary Neal trade, trying to shore up you know, playoff pushes, right? So, yep. yeah, that trade – uh once again our friend brian roberts uh traded to the heat along and then pj went to the grizzlies pj hairston and then somehow courtney lee ended up in charlotte uh out of all that there were several other second round conditional things thrown in there doug i don't know if you want to highlight birdman was in there too we'd see him for a short while (laughs) again this year but yeah all these names that keep coming back up (laughs) Oh my God. They serve no basketball purpose other than to be involved in Charlotte Hornets trades at this point in their career. Right. So, at 2000, let's see. What, what else did they send out there, Doug? I was trying to break it down. We sent a 2019 second round draft pick. Uh, basket of and, muffins. Yeah. Um, a subscription, a gym subscription uh, to Gold's Gym. <laughs> but let's talk about that, Doug, because Courtney Lee is no longer here. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's to me the Rich Cho legacy. It, and and it's going to go on another year, but I think the 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 foundation of the legacy has been savvy moves, uh, savvy contract signings, but also savvy trade moves that have kept playoff hopes alive. It's been right. a, I mean he's a great band aid bubble gum duct duct tape kind of general manager, and and he tried to make a similar move this season with mm-hmm. the Miles Plumley trade. But obviously the injury, obviously the situation around the team in general did not match those other situations. And at least early, it looks like that could turn out to be a a pretty big mistake. And I think, again, that's one reason why. I think if – well, let me ask you this, David. If the Hornets make the playoffs this season, does does Cho get the extension rather than the option pickup? Because I think probably because that yeah because that would be something they've never done two back to back playoff seasons so yeah I would think that he would be rewarded for that especially given you know how tight the window or how how um you know how little margin of error he had and, and what he was working in so yeah I think probably uh, you know you never know um, but yeah that's the type of trade I think that typifies him and what he's done here up until this season it, it's kind of worked out now i mean i think that trade you mentioned right the uh the miles Plumley trade i mean uh-huh. that's what everyone is gonna is gonna point towards especially right now especially this season it's fresh because there was just nothing gained by that i mean uh Plumley just could not come in to do anything it was he, he was injured wasn't in shape wasn't used to playing but that that gamble just did not work out and it it, it added more onto their uh to their cap situation well and you have to think too that the miles Plumley trade was a trade necessitated by the 
you know, by Roy Hibbert not working out. Yeah. They had to do something yeah. to move Hibbert. And then Hawes, uh, again, you, you can't fault them for getting something in Spencer Hawes for Lance Stevenson, but then that brings up the fact that the Lance Stevenson signing was, was something that did not work out. So again, this season, uh, you know, a lot of the maneuvers this season were to fix yeah, issues that have come up the past uh, couple of seasons. And uh, by the way, can we can we just feel bad for a second for Courtney Lee? I mean, have you seen some of the guys that he's playing with right now? Uh, I mean, they are they are NBA two K creative players. Mm. Uh, I don't believe that any of them are real human beings with birth certificates and social security numbers. <laughs> well, I mean, some of them are international, so I don't know what the the equivalent to social security there is, but. Um, Yes, he is playing with unknowns. Was it? I, I feel like if you if you got Courtney Lee in, in in a corner somewhere and 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 injected him full of truth serum, he would say I probably should have stayed in Charlotte. I don't know, man. I mean, he's playing in New York. He's getting paid to play for the Knicks. I mean, that still holds some cachet, right? Um, it's 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 always interesting. I don't know. They're, I mean, are they? Did you really say? Uh, he'd be enjoying it here, all things being equal, more than he is in New York. I think so. I mean, listen, winning is winning. <laughs> winning is winning. I think they would be know, winning this season okay, if they well, were if they had Cordy Lee on their on their bench. So you're saying that would have made the difference then? Because we've said in the past that you know that wouldn't have been the the, the only thing that would have led to a winning season. But it's well, only I, I've never said that. You find the mm. tape. You find the tape of me saying that. We'll I, I think. Tape. I think this. What What is this? What has this team been missing on the bench? Uh, not it's not offense. I think it's been defense. Courtney yeah, Lee I mean, would have Courtney Lee would have provided wing defense on the on a bench that desperately needed stops, especially in the fourth quarter. And that guy, listen, yeah. whatever you want to say about Courtney Lee, that guy was a gamer. That guy was a fourth quarter gamer. He would have come. He would have come up. And the thing is, we talk about this all the time, David. How you look at, and this probably is one of the reasons that Rich Cho got a, an option pickup as opposed to an extension is that or opposed to getting fired altogether is that you look at the numbers statistically this team is about where they were last season and you know they're, they're about middle of the road on offense middle of the road on defense their goal was to be top 10 in both so they they missed the mark a little bit there but Statistically, in terms of individual output, they're they're pretty similar to last season. The big difference is yeah. they have not been able to close out those tight games. Yeah. And and Courtney Lee would have definitely helped with that. Cert- certainly would have helped it for sure. And I mean, you've seen that even up until last night, the last two games, they're, they're not they're not haven't been able to close out. Um, one other thing on on show. Oh, we got a couple. We still haven't. We got to talk more? about okay. the draft picks. We got to talk about the free agent signings. But what do you, what do you have? Well, on that Lance thing, if you'll remember, right, that was prior to Nick Batum signing here. <laughs> that that was um, well, just around that time. That was still in the Gerald Henderson shooting guard era mm-hmm. of the Bobcats slash Hornets. They were desperately looking for a new uh, two guard there, and if you'll recall, they signed Gordon Hayward to that offer sheet. Now there were two guys out there at the time. One was Gordon Hayward, and one was Chandler Parsons. And a lot of people at the time thought they should have gone after Parsons. The way it worked out, I believe uh, the Mavericks, right? The Mavericks. Well, I mean, either way, him. that would have. I mean, if you unless you unless you're me and subscribe to Chaos Theory and believe that had Chandler Parsons come here, he may not have been injured. Um, but yeah, I mean, Parsons had has struggled with injuries and struggled to stay on the court ever since that time. 
Right. The end result was a net net lance. Right. But I think, uh, again, you can go back. Uh, and my point is, I think that most of Cho's decisions, I think a majority of his decisions are defensible. That's not sexy. Um, and it's not going to end him in, win him any GM of the, of the year awards. You know what I mean? But uh, we've gone back over his draft picks before and we'll review some of them here along with some of his other moves. But, you know, looking back over this history, you can explain a lot of the moves that he was trying to make, some of the actions he was trying to do. And I know that's not going to help a lot of fans right now, um, but I think that's a part of the reason that he did get that extension, his track record of, of, of trying to make moves when he didn't have a lot to work with that were going to help the team. It is pretty good. At least it's defensible when you go back and, and look at it. I understand the frustration completely. Uh, but I think that plays into the extension as well, or the well, option. And you're I touching on something that our our friend uh, our friends over at Baseline Buzz Adam touched on on Twitter, which is some of the the Rich Cho moves, these uh, re-signings, these extensions on the cheap, uh, these savvy trades that you know for players that aren't necessarily notable names uh, that end up influencing your team's ability to make playoff chances. Those aren't quote unquote sexy maneuvers, and right. so. Uh, part of that could lend itself to a, a negative view from the overall fan base when the team doesn't make the playoffs. And by the way, barely doesn't make the playoffs. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was this wasn't this was a situation where they were in this thing until the final three games. So you know, it's not a situation yeah. where they this team had to spend uh, half. And we've been there. That's the thing as a franchise, you know, and as fans of this franchise, we've been there where they spent. Um, you know, three quarters of a season out of playoff contention. Well, Doug, his first year, I mean, really the marching orders, right? That was the tank year. Um, I believe, right? 2011, mm-hmm. 2012, 7 and 59. They, that was, that was it. All and the then, and then they got Anthony Davis and the rest is history. <laughs> no, and, you know, I mean, so that's, that's also like his first year in, right? It was like, listen, these are the marching orders. We're going to tank like nobody's ever tanked before. Uh, and we're going to try to get this once in a lifetime player, and it didn't work out. I, I honestly think, like he, the the fan base, the front office. I don't. You still think that is a, uh, a sensitive <laughs> spot for them? I don't think they want to go through a, a whole season of that again and they get crushed. I mean, to me, that plays into it. No, I don't think so either. All right, let's take a look at his draft picks real quick. So I already mentioned Kemba and Biz, mm-hmm. and then of course the next season, missing out on Anthony Davis, selecting mm-hmm. Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Uh, then Cody Zeller with the fourth overall selection in the next season. Then Noah Vonley with a surprise ninth selection. And Vonley would eventually uh, not work out and be moved with Gerald Henderson for Nick Batum. And then uh, Frank Kaminsky in the next season with the ninth overall selection. A lot of people viewed that as a selection made by uh, the head honcho, Michael Jordan. And then, of course, last season, they traded uh, that twenty-first, twenty-second pick, uh, Malachi Richardson, to the Sacramento Kings for Marco Bellinelli. So overall, I think his his drafting. I think that people sort of lump in the entire franchise draft record uh, from right. Bobcats on with Rich Cho sometimes unfairly. <laughs> I think if you take just his drafting record, it's been mixed. But you've also brought Kemba Walker, who is an All Star. You brought him yep. into the franchise. Um, MKG's got a long way to go, uh, but you 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 put a, a starter, a multi-year starter in the franchise, and then Cody Zeller, who has is becoming a darling right now, and and his value probably has never been higher. Uh, so you know some hits, some misses there, David, but I, I like the draft. 
Yeah, I mean that's the problem with the defensible argument that he hasn't hit a home run, right? Yeah. Like you could you could even explain the it's right meh. now it's man. I mean, and, and I've been a defender. I think we have a of the MKG draft as well. Of course, this year it looks it's harder to do that with with Bradley Beal having a breakout year. But just look at the Cody Zeller draft, right, Doug? Because uh, I think that's the one that a lot of people point to. Uh, fourth overall pick, right after Cody. Now stop me when you think they should have grabbed someone instead of Cody. Alex Lynn, Nerlens Noel, Ben McLemore, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Trey Burke, C.J. McCollum. I would, that's probably right. The, well, yeah, McCollum and Pope. I feel like yeah. Pope also has, especially this year, has really. Those are the two guys. But but no one was saying Pope at that time. No, no one. Was right after that, Michael Carter Williams certainly not. Stephen Adams. I mean, yeah, again, no, a again, amongst player. the you names, know, you keep going. Noel was the one. But I think we've learned that he would not have fit. He would have had problems fitting in with this franchise's. Right, and of course, of the, big, the big name in that draft is Giannis at 15, but, I mean... It, uh, Again, okay. whoever took it, it was the same <laughs> as Maker. I mean, and you see, yeah. you know, the Bucks took a swing on Maker, too. It's just some franchises take swings and others don't, and I think it's, you know, if you want your franchise to take a swing, then then you're fair to criticize Rich Cho, but that's just, that's not what they do. Now, and I, when they I, did, when, and when they did, it was Noah Bonley, right? They had a guy drop to him that, you know, had a high yeah. ceiling that not many people knew about that they were surprised yeah. by. And that's the big thing to me. They can't be surprised on this draft night, Doug. I mean, they have got to do their homework. That's been the biggest black eye for this team is being caught flat-footed on draft night. It happened again with the Frank Kaminsky draft. Um, so, and Joe has to know this, right? Like he knows the landscape right now and he's got this time, but he's got to work some serious magic. And well, have is some there, success. So this is the question I have. And I don't know if there's an, I don't know if you and I can really answer this question, but I, I'm just wondering if there's more pressure uh, on draft night or on the off season in general to, because when you have so many veterans, can there really be that much pressure? You don't need to hit a home run in the draft, it's not. I don't think a player in that with that eleventh pick is really going to shift well, the franchise one way or the other. Maybe he gets lucky. Maybe they get some draft lottery luck for one time. Yeah, okay. He's due. He's due. Okay, but even but, again, even if they do, unless they got the number one pick, and you could possibly justify. Um, plugging in Markel Fultz beside Kemba and then moving, which is what a lot of a lot of people out there. I'm seeing this all over. People are even. Uh, I think Chris Kroger sort of alluded to this as well. That one of the things in the offseason that they may have to address is just getting a legitimate two guard, a yep. knockdown shooting two guard uh, for I guess maybe for the starting lineup. But even if if that player came off the bench. And could just knock down some three point yes. shots for this basketball team. Yes. It could They've be a needed benefit. That for, they need that for two seasons, Doug. I mean, that's a, little, that's a lot of what we talked about coming out of the Heat playoff series, you know. So they thought it might be Batum. I mean, but that's just not. I mean, Batum does a lot of things. Knock down consistently is not one of them, really. Uh, real quick, notable free agent signings for Cho uh, Ramon Sessions in 2012. Not a lot of people remember this, but that was um, that was a nice sign. They stole him away from Los Angeles, and he was a hot commodity back in 2012, coming off a really nice season, uh, similar to Lou. He was kind of a Lou Williams type character back mm-hmm. then. Uh, Al Jefferson, that was huge, kind of changed the the whole landscape of the franchise. Can't understate that. But then he ad- he added Anthony Tolliver and Chris Douglas Roberts, who both played key roles in that Bobcats playoff season. 
um, St- Lance Stevenson, Jeremy Lin, Nick Batum, and then Ramon Sessions in 2016. That's uh, that was less notable. Um, but I, I think his free agent signings have there, there have been a couple of of serious misses there, but there have been a couple of uh, big hits too. Um, just again, we talk about it all the time. You know, they make these sort of buy low. And when you buy low and you take low risk in terms of, of the length of the contract, then you open yourself up to guys like Lynn and Courtney Lee taking off for greener pastures, and and uh, that's happened. Hey, David, i got to mention this. We got an email uh, from one of our favorite listeners, uh, F and Nick, who yeah. said, uh, I, wanted to take, he, I wanted to take the opportunity to introduce you to F and Nora, his, uh, his newborn, born this month. Uh, he says she is ready to be the the Hornets' first round draft pick as the first female player in the NBA in 2038. And he uh, he sent along a picture of her with uh, yams, starting to work on her yams, the, like an actual actual, yam. an actual, actual yam. yams. Love this. Uh, love congratulations. The, yeah, definitely. congrats. Yeah, and your well, and wife. Well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know all about this, David. You're, you're, uh, you're. This is your, this is your expertise. So he's got a, he's got a fun road ahead. Oh, um, he's in for a lot of fun. Thanks for another great season of Hornets talk, and more importantly, Hornets and just general humor. Close out the season strong, and look forward to you guys coming back stronger next season. Well, thanks, man. Thanks, and and thanks for the pick, and thanks for uh, thanks for listening, and we always appreciate uh, the support. You want to talk about this Bucks game? Uh, they had a game last night. Mm, not really. Hey, one quick thing. <laughs> I just want. We I just look to. back. I just look back at just the 2011-2012 NBA standings real quick. The last piece on this show thing, Doug. Uh, so the Hornets seven and fifty-nine that year, horrible year. Some of the other notable teams out west, okay, and last place in their divisions: Minnesota, Sacramento, and New Orleans. Um, you know, it's just interesting to see some of these teams and what they have done and what they haven't in that time Since. span. Right. Yeah. Um, now, in the East, certainly in the Central, Cleveland was last that year. They made a couple of free key agents, uh, key free agent signings. Yeah, since then. one or two. <laughs> um, but just in the division, you know, Miami, Atlanta, Orlando, Washington was the rundown that year. So that shifted a little bit. But, uh, you know, I just think that you look across the landscape of the NBA, um, New Orleans now has two superstars. Sacramento had a superstar for a long time. Minnesota has. A, a a bevy of young uh, budding superstars out west and you know it's still hard to turn things around so i think when people are getting frustrated by this and want to tank one thing there's a lot of luck that goes into it uh to get a superstar you certainly have to be lucky and even when you get one it, it doesn't guarantee you anything i'm not breaking any news here i just think that um you know to end this season i know it sucks on a lot of levels to be out of the playoffs again and just to not have any buzz around this team um, but I think there is something that'll let him see out his vision and, and try and maybe turn this thing around. I think you're going to see. I mean, Doug, I think you're going to have to see some moves, don't you? I mean, just the last thought on this. I think he's going to have to do something. He can't just sit there and you know shore up the books. Well, I mean, there are going to be some moves made in, in to the bench for sure. I think yeah. that that's the big question, though. David is um, was this a, a signal to him? That that essentially, hey, you you made a bet on the starting lineup by signing Nick Batum and Marvin Williams. Those were the correct moves, but it came at the expense of the bench. So we're going to see if if you can 
fix this bench situation because the starters played extremely well, played playoff-level basketball, make some uh, small maneuvers, and see if if the direction uh, continues to move forward. And by the way, some individual players have to make some strides as well. Uh, Nick Batum, MKG uh, have to make some big improvements in their games. And yeah. and that that's not necessarily on Rich Cho, um, but it's you know that's that's never stopped anyone from firing a general manager or a coach before. But is that that is that the signal, or is this or is the signal? Hey, uh, where you got one more year? Uh, fix this, whatever the cost, um, whatever you got to do, get on the phone and fix this. Um, we'll see. I don't think there's an yeah. answer to that question. We we have to see. Uh, what that means in this coming offseason. It's what's, it's what's going to make this offseason. Um, it's going to be critical, but it's going to be very fun to watch as well. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about this Bucks game real quick. Uh, 89-79, the final for uh, the Hornets. Uh, they are closing out their season Oof. on a traveling back-to-back. They play in Atlanta tonight. This one looked good for three quarters. Uh, no Kimball Walker, so a lot of the young guys got some run as well. Miles Plumley, Travion Graham, uh, some other guys. Briante Weber got a few more minutes uh, than they were um, than they normally do, uh, and it looked good for three quarters. I thought they had the right energy defensively. Were really containing what uh, Giannis could give the Bucks, and ter- they were trapping him every time he got the ball anywhere near the baseline. Um, did a good job, but then the fourth quarter came around, David, and everything fell apart. They couldn't make a play. No, couldn't finish anything. And guys like MKG and Cody even couldn't get in close and finish. Giannis finishes up with a triple-double, just like a, a ho-hum triple-double. And, yeah, you know, um, I thought you had some nice minutes out of Jeremy Lamb. Um, Frank, unfortunately, really struggled um, back in Wisconsin. Did not have a, a good homecoming there. Just one of 12 from the field. And I think he's had he certainly had better moments toward the end of this season. This night just wasn't one of them so i mean these games are what they are Doug. they're going to try and get some of those young guys some minutes and finish out the season with no injuries really i mean honestly there's one more game left right that's they just they just want to get out of this thing 16 minutes for travion graham who's this graham guy yeah who's this graham guy uh yeah four or five from the field uh two two of two from the three-point line he was playing uh with about as much energy as a basketball player could play and it's nice to yeah, it's nice to see him out there getting reps. Um, Briante Weber, I, I thought again, uh, th- he said, Steve Clifford said before the game that he had a long talk with Briante about organization. And, um, you know, not, not a lot's going to change in one talk, but it's uh, it was tough. It was tough to watch at times, uh, just kind of mistakes and, and not being able to really command the offense. I think it's going to be an issue for him as he moves on into the summer. And uh, he played because there was no Kimball Walker for this one. He will not play tonight in Atlanta either, uh, putting him on the shelf um, after he went down in that Boston game with a hyperextension. But they aren't concerned. They aren't concerned about him long term. He's fine. Uh, just don't want to risk any kind of injury. Uh, unfortunately, David, it will leave him three three pointers short of the single season record of 243 held by Jason Richardson back in 2007, 2008. And he most likely would have finished top five in the league and tops in the East had he been able to play these final two games. Uh, so that's unfortunate, but at the same time, he has had a magnificent season, one of one in which we will talk about uh, tomorrow. So stick around for tomorrow's show because uh, we're going to start our player recaps with Captain Courageous himself, Kimball Walker. 
And uh, also, final note on this, Hornets seal 11th place in the Eastern Conference, and depending on the ping-pong balls, will most likely draft 11th. So consult your NBA mock drafts. Get your mocks. Get ready. We're talking – I'm talking to the sports editor from uh, Duke's school newspaper today. I'm talking to some guys from Tabahawk Nation, the Florida State blog today. Uh, starting our draft capsules, which you'll hear throughout the next couple of weeks as well, and we'll we'll run them all again closer to June. Uh, so you're going to hear some stuff about the draft as well. So stick around for more Locked On Hornets. That'll do it for us today. Thanks so much for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes. And, of course, be like F and Nick and shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts and comments and emails and um, child announcements to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again tomorrow for David. I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Beat the Hawks. Let's warm Charlotte. Like what you hear? Consider sharing this podcast with other Charlotte Hornets fans. The easiest way? Our new website, LockedOnHornets.com. There you can download the podcast, listen to our latest episodes, and check out Locked on Hornets live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17